Well, you know, it is one thing for cops to go in and ticket, you know, those who are blatantly breaking the rules of social distancing. You know, I get that. Some folks just don't get it. It's an entirely other thing when you're trying to enforce the laws, sending messages, you know, to, let's say, a parent who's trying to, you know, keep their child busy, especially when that child is a four-year-old autistic boy. But this is what happened in Ottawa when a father who took his four-year-old child to an empty park to kick around a ball was approached by an officer who then threatened him with a $700 fine. This is not about having two sets of rules for everybody. It is about like finding common sense when we're approaching, you know, these near impossible ways of life and try to put yourself in, in the shoes of a parent of an autistic child. Imagine the challenges you face day in, day out. Laura Kirby McIntosh, president of the Ontario Autism Coalition, joins me now. Good to have you, Laura. I'm sure you saw the headline on this uh, story out of Ottawa today and uh, hard not to feel for that parent. Well, yeah, I, I, I did see the headline and, and I saw red. Um, I mean, it was just clearly a, a case of, of somebody maybe being a little bit overzealous and not understanding some of the special challenges involved in, in raising a kid with autism. Um, it's a very, very difficult time for, for our families to, to be quarantined. Um, all kids have energy, but you really haven't experienced the, the energy of an autistic child until you've tried to keep them inside all day. Um, I remember when my two kids were little, and even if it was just a rainy day or we were broke and we couldn't afford to go anywhere, which was often, um, you know, trying to, to keep them occupied and, and having a healthy place to release all of that energy. And as I understand from the articles that I've read, all this man did was um, take his son to an empty field and let him kick a soccer ball around alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I've got a seven-year-old who's climbing off the walls in boredom Mm -hmm. and because there's no structure and because he doesn't really understand what coronavirus is. What is it like in the world of of a child um, during um, what is, it's not easy to understand for for adults. What goes on in the mind of an autistic child in a time like this? Well, we have an expression in our community, and I'll I'll start with this, and that is that if you've met one person with autism, you've met one person with autism. So there isn't one flat answer that I can give you. It it depends on, you know, whether that child with autism also has an intellectual disability. Um, Are they able to to communicate yet? Um, Everyone can communicate. It's just a matter of time and whether they use a device or or their voice or or some other kind of system. but I find right now what's particularly challenging is to to explain something that is invisible to which to any child is difficult, right? We can't go outside because of this invisible thing that we can't see. And as a lot of your listeners will know, autistic people thrive on routine and predictability. And that's exactly what we don't have right now. So we're asking... Mm. You know, all of the routines have been ripped away from kids. If they were lucky enough to to be receiving therapy, they can't go to therapy anymore. They can't go to school anymore. Um, If they had a ritual where, you know, they went to McDonald's every Tuesday, um, they can't do that anymore. They can't have playdates anymore. Um, And they don't understand why. And if you try to explain it, you're talking about this invisible, mysterious thing. I mean, I think it's it's difficult for any child to to understand. Um, But for for kids with cognitive impairments, um, I'm hearing tragic things like, you know, they they think that they've done something wrong. 
and they're being punished. Um, and they're trying to apologize to their parents and, and promising that they'll be good. Um, I'm hearing gut-wrenching stories of, of adults with developmental disabilities who are um, in institutions and, and sometimes hospitals or nursing homes, and their families aren't being allowed to go visit them. And they don't, mm-hmm. these people don't understand why. Um, so it's, it's an incredibly stressful time for, for everybody. But when you add autism on, on top of that, all of the issues are just, they're, they're compounded and, and they have more complexity, I think. Yeah, and certainly at the best of times, the supports are not where they should be when it comes to autism and autistic families. And here you are in a pandemic uh, and not a lot of support for parents, especially if those parents have to work. I, I can't even imagine the challenges. Well, and I, I mean, I just spoke to uh, to a mom out in uh, in Waterloo Region. She's a university professor. Um, yeah. Her husband's a doctor, so he's out every day. She's expected to continue to work from home, and she has two kids, um, and and no respite. Right. So some of us yeah. are, are lucky enough to be able to to get funding to hire respite workers, so you know we can go out for a couple of hours and and get a break. There is no break now. So this is this is twenty four seven, and you know you're you're right. We we had struggles in this community before. You may have heard of our autism doesn't end at four mm-hmm. campaign and our protests and all of that. So we were already in crisis. Um, now this is a crisis where where all the rules have been changed, um, and none of the the normal things that we would advocate for. Um, not many of them apply. So I'm I'm actually working uh, this week on a document to give to government with recommendations. And it's really challenging to, uh, to, to come up with some to, in this context yeah. of, of what's allowed. Um, you know, for a lot of families, the, the harsh reality is just you're on your own. And, and that's, that's hard. So when this is over, our families are going to need even more support. Um, you know, it's, when kids are allowed to go back to school, that's going to be another difficult transition for our kids. So they're going to need more supports in school. Um, yeah. No question. It's a lot. I'm up against the clock, Laura. I'll have you on yeah, again because no question. No it's a, one of those things that um, at the best of times, there's not enough support. And now we're in the worst of times. And clearly there is a need for a bunch of support that hopefully you can get in front of the government. Laura, I'll have you on again. I appreciate it so much. Anytime. Thanks so much. That is uh, Laura Kirby McIntosh again. Hard enough when you've got kids, but again, when you've got kids with special needs, it is just an impossibly, impossibly difficult time.